We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome back to the Rotoviz Basketball Show. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm delighted to have one of the Rotoviz writing team on today's show. And not just a member of the Rotoviz writing team, but the 2021 FFPC Basketball Tournament Champion, to which myself, Sean Siegel, and Blair Andrews did come in second place. Uh, but it is Conor O'Driscoll, aka Draco. Make sure you are following him on Twitter at Draco Out, which is D R I C O and then O U T. He'll be on some upcoming shows talking through this fall series of Don't Overthink Building Unique Best Ball Rosters. And it is circled around the Best Ball Mania Tree Tournament, but there's a lot of these that will fit in across the various formats of Best Ball as well. So, really looking forward to diving into these articles with him that he's put out on rotaviz.com over the last couple of weeks but connor welcome to the show uh, thank you so much colin i will say it is a it's a pleasure to have uh, to be talking to a, a fellow irishman who understands that it's drico and not drico and I, I also thought you were going to say it was a pleasure to come first in the FFPC basketball tournament uh, last year <laughs> i thought that's where that was going but yeah, i try no, to be a tolerable tolerable winner a great gracious gracious and victory on the feed yeah and we have a lot of fun in our, our dms and our conversations around it so uh yeah great it was a fantastic one to finish for rotoviz and uh let's see if we can do that in a couple of leagues or tournaments this year and that's exactly what this here article is looking to set up our readers i guess our listeners for success in 2022 the one we're talking about today is don't overthink building unique baseball mania tree rosters this one is looking at the ideal zero RB construction. In the future episodes, we'll be looking at other constructions as well. But obviously, I think it's a, a really smart series to come out with. I think there's a lot of great information in it. And I guess the first thing we're going to kick off with is why is it so important to be unique with these roster constructions? So I, uh, I, I'm glad that you you mentioned our... Uh... Our finals bout last year because I think that actually provides a lot of good examples of why it is important to be unique. For example, Mark Andrews was on 11 rosters out of 12 in that final. And when 11 of 12 people have the same player, it basically, that player cannot win you the, the tournament. They can't because they score a million points. Well, 10 other teams have those a million points. Whereas for example, I'm pretty sure that your team was the only team that had Noah Fant, right? And then Noah Fant puts up 35 points. 
I have, I don't know, I think it was something in the region of 20 points from Mark Andrews, but you are the only team with 35 from no offense, and that just helps you so much more. I, on the other hand, uh, there was two teams that had uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and because because we're the only two teams that to get those points, that, that just shoots us up the leaderboard. And so... It, it really, it, it, I guess it just is important to just have players that other people don't so that when they, when they, if they do, because to win the tournament, you really, you need them to go off and you need to be the one of the few that has them. Yeah, when we look at, like you mentioned some of the players on the trip down memory lane there, so we had no fan, but we did have Mark Andrews. We also had Joe Burrow. So you're touching on, you know, 11 of the 12 teams had Mark Andrews. That's all those points going that way. But you also mentioned the fact that you and one other team had the stack of uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, whereas we had Joe Burrow. So all of a sudden, with the Mark Andrews and Joe Burrow on those three teams, that's really pushing those teams into the leaderboard and the final. And throughout the season, the uniqueness is important, but obviously the most points is important. But in playoffs, there'll often be a lot of teams that get through with the same players on those advanced teams and having those little differentiators is absolutely massive you know some of the players that'll be on the rosters that did make it all the way to the final the, the unique players in the end can be the the major major difference the other player that you had in that team was tyler boyd which give you that kind of triple stack off the uh, or the double stack with joe burrow so uh, another little unique piece that that helped differentiate that team when the <laughs> the the cincinnati Bengals were really putting up some big points in that final week of the tournament when you're looking at how people are approaching being unique and why structural approach is the key starting point to being unique when you looked into this looked at the data what were some of the elements that you picked up from that well the first thing i did want to say is about being unique on the final day there's a, there's a component of it that is a look for example uh, there only being two Jamar Chase teams had something to do with him not performing as strongly in the playoffs, in the prior playoff games as uh, as the final. Almost the opposite to Mark Andrews, who was a superstar in those playoff weeks. And so there, there is, there's a, it, you can't really choose it. You can't, you can't draft a team and say, oh hey, I'm gonna have Jamar Chase, and then. We're, we're just going to be the only team that has them. You, you, you really, you can't do that. And so you do, you, you, you kind of have to find these kind of structural ways. And and some, one one trend that I, I guess I'm seeing is that people will say in the early rounds, reach for a guy, let's say you're drafting in the second round, why not draft the guy in the third round? And so then you have two third round players who are drafted beside each other and that's a unique combo, but I, I, and then you will also have uh, there's something that's becoming a, a, a bit more in focus is why don't you handcuff? Why don't you if you let's say you've taken CMC one or two, why don't you take Dante Foreman? And so that's going to be a unique combo, and then you might be the only one that is able to get CMC into the finals or Dante Foreman into the finals. But the 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 issue I take with those approaches is that essentially you are you're 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 sacrificing. I want to say EV, but it, it that that's probably too 
uh, you're you're sacrificing points on your roster. You're you're actually you are actually sacrificing the upside of your roster because either you're you're taking you're taking a hit by drafting a player who isn't as good, or you are you're essentially wasting a roster spot when you handcuff a guy because only one of them guys can be the guy, and then you're down a roster spot. And so, I the way I've approached this kind of structurally is hey, let's let's look at what the optimal structures are. Let's see who's doing what and how can we do them in ways that other people aren't. So that way you're getting your upside because you're, you're, you're basically, you're doing the best structures that we know of, but you're doing them in ways that other people aren't. And in some cases, they're, they're making mistakes. These other drafters are making mistakes by not doing the right structures. And now you're being contrarian by doing the better thing than them and i mean that's how you that's how you kind of like play well in tournaments like that that that's how you do it and so that that's uh that that's the kind of way i've gone about this one of the things there that you touched on was you know people trying to build a unique roster by almost taking players ahead of adp to to pair them up i don't think that's the right way to go about it i think i believe it was the roster that we recently talked about on road of his overtime that i think it was the roster you and sean drafted where you've started off christian mccaffrey saquon barkley and maybe deandre swift i think might have been the trio to start off the draft but that's kind of what you're looking for is those players are being drafted below adp and that's what's making the roster unique rather than vice versa taking them ahead of time and i know we're talking zero rb on today's show and that's not a zero rb approach but just given the the context of how to make the roster unique by getting those players together in a combination that they're not likely to be drafted in very often throughout the the draft process um i think a lot of the stuff there you mentioned was very very valid and i think it's just about how people tailor them the other thing you touched on there and we're not going to dive completely into it in today's show but the structural approach about a week and a half to two weeks ago i'll link it in today's show notes I did a road of his overtime podcast with Sean. A question that comes in time and time again is what is structure? What do we mean by structure? Getting out of structure, what does that mean? We did a show specifically about draft structures and how to implement a structural approach. So I will add that to today's show notes. I would highly recommend checking that out. The other thing that we're going to look at here is zero RB, obviously, and it, it is unique and it is performing well in these tournaments. You'll always get the reply on twitter if you if you do a draft and you post it up as when did this win a tournament has it won any major tournaments the fact is is that it's a unique strategy that's been implemented by still a very small percentage of the overall drafting population and a lot of the time as well it's not been performed correctly in terms of running backs not being drafted in the first three rounds for example so you go wide receiver wide receiver wide receiver and then you start going running back exactly where you shouldn't be going running back in that dead zone. And then people are saying, well, I tried zero running back and it didn't work, but they went and took just three wide receivers to start off, for example. So what did the data show in terms of the uniqueness and how it performed in these tournaments? Well, I think one thing uh, one thing on, on, on what you were talking about, hey, has it won any tournaments? So this on, on Underdog last year in the Best Ball Mania, uh, roughly speaking, about 2% of teams went five rounds without drafting a running back. What that essentially means is if you had if you had 50 tournaments and 0RB was as, was as... If it performed at a baseline, it would take 
on average, 50 tournaments for it to win just because only only one in 50 rosters are doing it. Whereas if you if, if even even two in 50 would be amazing, that would be that would be twice as good as the baseline. And I think that that kind of like base rate stuff is hard. It's, it's, it's really important to understand how these work. Uh, and I think it's, 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 it's just important. But the fact that the fact that only two percent of people are doing it, you are you you are you are essentially getting to use this strategy with this long track record of success uh, in, in in multiple different formats, and only only one in fifty people are doing it. So like, th- if you want to talk about being unique, that's a great starting point. And so one of the one of the reasons that people don't like doing it is because you look at it and you don't like your starting your your week one starting lineup because you 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 haven't spent high picks on running backs and so who 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 are going to be the day one starters you don't know alongside that last year especially on underdog it had zero rb it had below baseline playoff advance rates but because it's so geared towards the end of the season so you, you're trying you're trying to get these running backs who can take advantage of volatility of the chaos of the NFL is that when they hit the playoffs and then you had your Devin Singletary's uh, in my case you had your Sony Michelle then all of a sudden you do have you have your bell cows and you have the advantage of taking all the early picks on another position and so it had a really strong um semi-final exam uh, semi-final advance rate and have a really strong finals rate and that's despite a low playoffs rate so the, despite the low playoffs rate they were still as a percentage of zero or b uh, drafts done they still had a higher than baseline advance rate to the finals and so you're getting to be one in 50 and you're getting to the finals more often than the baseline we're driven by the search for better But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, I think the uniqueness, like we touched on just a short time ago on the show about being unique and the importance of it. But 
you know, you pretty much, if you just do the zero RB approach correctly, you are already in that unique bracket. Like if you're 2% of the teams, you're in a, you're in a pretty good spot if the, the team goes well. And if you look at, you mentioned the teams that advanced then in the playoffs last year, you're looking at, you know, you mentioned Sonny Michelle, but Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny, you know, there was a lot of teams pushed forward by those guys. And then you had obviously Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel, and we touched on Mark Andrews already. So one thing about drafting zero RB teams correctly, and I think I I think that's actually something that isn't well understood, like in terms of like okay, so you, you've passed on you've passed on running backs for the first couple of rounds, and then even even people that wait the correct amount of time often are drafting the wrong types of running backs, and so what that means is they're drafting these people like oh this guy is the the handcuff behind the star. A good example is. Uh, Derrick Henry and Haskins. And so people are like, okay, Derrick Henry, he's the star. And so if he gets injured, he's older. Then Haskins, he's just going to, he's just going to get this huge percentage of the touches because that's how the, the Titans do things. But in reality, Derrick Henry is getting that work because he's the star. That doesn't mean that once he gets injured, now Haskins is a star. No, he, he, he essentially, more often than not, will just be a role player and or that's what's that's what's shown historically whereas what you really want is somebody who is on the field already because what better indication that they are that the team likes them that the team thinks they're good that they're already putting them on the field and so getting those guys who are in some kind of icky timeshare and so then if an injury happens now now they can expand the role and and, and you, you've won that just much more that makes a lot of sense and um the other part i was going to mention we did talk about mark andrews the importance of the elite tight end and these builds and particularly going the zero rb approach and stacking that with one of the elite tight ends it's not going to happen each season that somebody like mark andrews ends up in a 12 team final on 11 teams and if you're playing and let's say the best ball mini or even at the ffpc this year the tournament has expanded in terms of size what are your thoughts heading into 2022 based on the data from 2021 on, on 0RB and stacking that with the elite tight end? Well, the the thing about elite tight end often is that a lot of the time, because they go early, you are having to pass up a, a fairly good player. The opportunity cost for the elite tight ends, are, they are high. So there there is often kind of hesitancy of, oh, hey, why why do i need to take the risk of drafting this tight end this early but when you look at the data year after year after year you 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 essentially you get these huge breakouts from somewhere early essentially when when you when you look at advance rates when you look at win rates and historic data essentially one some teams get really really strong tight ends that are like clearing the other guys by 50 points or so and, and those teams are more often than not the huge favorites to win their group or advance in the playoffs. Whereas if you if you don't have those guys, you're essentially just hoping that the teams that took the good tight ends are bad. You're just hoping, you're, you're essentially, you're hoping that they made mistakes or they got unlucky. Whereas if you, if you have that guy who is putting 50, t- 50 points over the next tight end, you are just increasing your win probability, your advance probability by so, so much. And so 
take the opportunity cost is more often than not it's worth it and then on top of that it also allows you to stick to just two tight ends which is really important in these tournaments because the the key feature of the tight end position other than the top guys scoring lots of points uh, as is that the the mid-range and lower end guys do not score much points at all and so if you are having to dedicate three three of your 18 roster spots to basically low point guys then when you are trying to hit a big weekly ceiling in the quarterfinal and the semifinal you are just you're just uh, I guess you're, you're you're pulling your roster back. You, you're capping the upside, and so by sticking to just two, you are uh, you're increasing you're increasing the upside of your roster and give, just giving yourself a much bigger chance to go through the playoffs. Yeah, and I think the other part to put into that is you mentioned the roster construction and the overall spots that are going on to the roster being three spots out of eighteen. When we look at it as a whole, I think that you touched on a good point when you said the middle kind of guys don't score a lot and i've talked about this over the last couple of years that i like to get one of the elite guys and then i usually like to get another guy probably before that 10th round range and that's putting a lot into the tight end position but it's freeing up an extra roster spot to target one of those zero rb candidates that you want and it's also um you know giving you that extra roster spot as well and you have the upside of the points you know if you're going for three guys you know in the, the 13th to 18th round the likelihood of them having those 20 point weeks is is quite slim whereas you talked about in the playoffs but it's also important throughout the season to have that you know elite tight end scoring those points to push you up the table you don't want to be in sixth place come the end of the season you want to be in those advanced positions to to get through to the playoffs the next thing as well and this comes into the zero rb construction being able to have that overall build and be able to save maybe a quarterback position so you're going to be your three quarterback build but if you're going two quarterbacks and, and getting two quarterbacks in the quarterback window, obviously a quick summary, again, I would say is helpful to people listening in off the quarterback window and, and how to implement that strategy and then how that worked out for drafters in 2021 and why we should be implementing it this season. So the thing to think about with two quarterbacks in the window is that you really with quarterback, you really need to balance two things. On the one hand, you really have to be careful with how much you pay for them. Because they can't count in they don't they can't count towards a flex spot. You can only play one of them. And a lot of and, and this is a big road of this thing, a lot of fantasy football is just trying to increase the score of your flex as much as you can. And so if you're spending too much on your quarterback, you're kind of hurting your ability to fill that flex spot. So you want to be careful about the price, but then you also need to make sure that you're getting enough upside. You really want to give get yourself a chance of getting a top five quarterback and so with that with with those things in combination what we found over the years and year after year is that more often than not there are guys in that uh, six six round to 12th round range that do have that upside that top 10 top five and so you're you're limiting the opportunity cost that you you, that you're using to get it and then you're also giving yourself a chance to get a really strong pairing at quarterback and i suppose the reason that you don't want to go past that round 12 kind of range is that very often the guys that go later just don't have the same upside 
and and so sometimes they may have the upside to finish in line with a win kind of like an in the window quarterback that doesn't that doesn't win you anything like okay you've gotten qb 15 at qb 20 that that doesn't that doesn't win you your league you need the top 10 guys and so the the other thing to think about so like we talked about earlier in the show of like okay so why don't you just stack these dominant strategies? Why don't you just do the correct things essentially and combine them? And when when you combine these these three things, zero running back, elite tight end, two quarterback in the window, you get your you get your utilization rate to 0.2%. That is that's crazy. That you just by stacking three very strong, very dominant with huge historic track records you're able to get your utilization rate down to what one in 500 teams. And, and, and that doesn't, you're not even talking about player selection or anything, just purely structure. Like one, only one in 500 teams is doing even a remotely similar structure to you. And you're just doing the right things. You're just doing the good structures. And so I, I just think that's, that's really important to keep in mind in, uh, in these tournaments. Yeah, that really gets you back to that element of uniqueness as well. And I think overcomplicating the uniqueness can be part of it. And I also think people, like we touched on earlier, with maybe reaching for players in certain rounds to be unique, I think it's misinterpreting what it means to be unique. You know, if you if you go with the zero RB build, go with this approach, you're going to be pretty damn unique before you even consider the players you're drafting. Um, and then obviously that'll shake things up a little bit further. But that has been really fun to run through. The article in this will also be linked in today's show notes, and it is the idea to zero RB construction and how to not overthink unique best ball builds. It will have the uh, the data and everything Connor has discussed today, along with some graphics added in there as well. So you can check that out up on rotoviz.com. Again, it will be in today's show notes. If you want to head on over to rotoviz.com and you haven't already signed up for a rotoviz membership, you can do so if you have already signed up maybe you want to add a year on to your subscription you can use the code rv radio 2022 at checkout or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information that'll get you access to all of the content and tools on site and help set you up for success in 2022 if you're playing over at underdogfantasy.com you can use the code rotoviz to get a 100 sign up bonus match that will be up to 100 if you're jumping into some of these tournaments so once again that promo code is Rotoviz. My name is Colin Kelly, and that is going to do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. You can also follow Connor O'Driscoll, aka Draco, on Twitter at Draco Out. That is D R I C O O U T. Check out his Twitter feed. Let's get him up to 1,000 followers on Twitter and let's get uh, into reading that content because it's going to help set you up for a good 2022. And until we're back with another show, have a good one.